Welcome, everybody, to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Brian, one of the hosts of the show, and I'm with my wife, Marcy. And today's topic is what to say when you are asked, where are you on this autism spectrum? The answer to that is short and sweet. It doesn't really matter where I fall on the spectrum because the spectrum is just that, a spectrum. It's fast, it's diverse, no one really knows where people fall on the spectrum. I mean, there are the term high functioning and low functioning, but those don't really define the person. Autism isn't all of someone, it's only a part of someone. And with that, on to the interview. Today we have Michael Mills with us. Uh, Michael, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, it's great to be uh, with you guys today. Um, like I said, I'm Michael. Uh, I'm 36 years old. Um, diagnosed about a year and a half ago with autism, PTSD, um, and a lot of the fun that, that comes with that. So I'm trying to, I'm just reorienting and getting myself sort of together, doing all the science that a lot of newly diagnosed people do to, to figure out what exactly is going on with them specifically. Okay. And then, um, how old did you say were you when you were diagnosed with autism? 35. 35. Okay. So it's a late diagnosis. And what was life like before your diagnosis? Um, you know, it kind of depends on when, because before... I was 18. I seemed to be very well adapted. Um, I didn't. I didn't necessarily look autistic in the way that you would think of it. And uh, you know, I was pretty outgoing. I was. I was an actor. Um, I did debate. I didn't have a lot of like real close knit group friends, but I was able to wiggle in and out of everybody else. And um, not knowing that I was autistic, I. I just kind of. I, I really assumed that everybody else was functioning like me. And. You know, people had the same interests as I did, and, uh, you know, I kind of was projecting my good, um, kind of a good nature onto a lot of people, and um, and so I didn't have a lot of problems, but when I was 18, my um, my father killed himself, oh, and wow. things started to kind of go bad, uh-huh. and once trauma happened, um, like I said, my, things that looked like a kind of a happy future started to go down. And a couple of years later, after just having so much anxiety, you know, I started to drink. And uh, what I know now is just a ton of physical anxiety that gets locked in your body. Huh. And um, and just having a lot of sensory processing issues that I'm, I'm not aware that I'm having. And I'm, I'm trying to emulate being the type of human that, that I see around me. And and I, I can tell what the, what the standards are and, and the way people are sort of supposed to operate. And I can tell what's going on and I'm just completely failing and I mean I I drove trucks um, got over a million safe miles in a tractor trailer you know I worked in restaurants did a lot of pizza delivery and um, I just didn't know because I didn't understand autism Um, I thought it was really like a problem and it was going to be something that um, I thought it was going to be something I thought autism was was more of a problem than, than, than I was experiencing, and I didn't didn't make any sense to me to think of uh, adult onset diagnosis. So there was part of it that was a lot that was very scary, um, but I think a lot of that is trauma. 
and a lot of that is not understanding how to deal with sensory issues. And so the other side of that is it's just uh, I have a huge imagination. I have a huge simulator, and I love to do all kinds of research and um, to delve into my special interests. Yeah. So uh, when I hear people describe what it's like when they're on mushrooms, when they're having a, a psychedelic trip, that's a lot of what it feels like to me most of the time. Huh. Interesting. Um, what are some typical symptoms you have that are considered autistic? Uh, repetitive behaviors. Um, I need to stem special interest, hyper-focus, kind of what they would call fixations. Um, so some of the repetitive behaviors would be, uh, you know, the same ways that I like to get up. I, have to, I get up and I immediately need to, to adjust my temperature. I immediately need to make sure, okay, I've got food, I've got water. Um, you know, I'm doing things in this order. I've got to really check in with my body. Um, you know, I need to stem if I'm if I've got a lot of energy in my body. I'm, I'm gonna probably put some music on, and I'm just gonna let my fingers go nuts. My fingers and hands, and I spend a lot of time in the driver's seat, so I play the steering wheel very well. And you know, I really like to get in and um, and analyze and really see the music, and uh, you know, and then I. I love getting into whatever shows that I'm getting into. Um, I have synesthesia, which is not uncommon, which is a blending of senses. And I think that has to do a lot with how autistic people recreate their world in their imaginations. Hmm. Um, so I, I kind of think that autism is just a different way that the brain makes the mind. Um, but I also have trouble with emotional and physical regulations and social interactions. Uh, Things like temperature are a huge deal to me. Uh, being able to control how much is coming in. Uh, I'm aware of every noise that's going on outside, and, and I almost have to bury myself in the house for me not to just hear everything. And, and you know, it it grates on you after a while, and, 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 and it swells up, and you become overstimulated. And then I, I can't think. I, I can't really. I can't really do much. And I've got, I've learned, I've just got to find a nice quiet spot and breathe and just let the thoughts come back to me. And that's stuff that's pretty, pretty standard, pretty typical for right. autism. Mm -hmm. What kinds of qualifications do you have to make relevant and in insightful opinions on autism? Uh, well, of course, the most important one is that I'm, I'm, I'm autistic. True. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a thing that, um. In, in, in the autistic community that uh, we have a lot of, of issues with, it, it, we go somewhere and we get told what autism looks like and, and what autism is this, especially by people who don't have a lot of experience with autistic adults. And I've really had to learn to trust my instincts. Um, you know, and I the think about the qualifications is I'm autistic. I also, um, I, I spent so much time studying experience and consciousness and uh, the universe from a fundamental level to sciences and philosophies and um, you know I haven't been I'm not a, I'm not a doctor I haven't been to, to college um, I, I spend a lot of time with audiobooks just paying attention to things to meditating um, but ultimately the biggest qualification is being autistic 
And, you know, out of all the other stuff where I'm, I'm really good at translation between different people's perspectives, kind of seeing what is person A C and what is person B C and what's the how does that look as it as it interacts. But so, yeah, most of it is just that um, I would like to hear more, more people asking autistic adults, what's it like? Let's learn from you. Because the last time I went to a doctor, I, I, I started to get told stuff about I should be hiding my behaviors and faking it till I make it by somebody who has zero experience with any autistic adults. And it's pretty unsettling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's it like being autistic and studying autism? Uh, What's well, pretty cool. You know, I had just been studying people for so long and thinking that, that people were more alike. And one of the biggest things that, that being diagnosed as autistic has, has taught me is um, more so what it's like to be neurotypical and just all the different types of, um, of differences in, in ways that people experience their everyday world. Um, studying autism for me and, and uh, really getting into the, the, the difference of it is, is seeing seeing what I would refer to as a social mechanism. Uh, and it's very difficult, I think, and, and I'm, I'm, one of the things that I would really like to get into is to come up with better language to describe what, what autism seems to be. Um, for neurotypical people, one of the things that I, that I see in that pattern is that it's going to be difficult because I think that autistic people don't have a thing that I refer to as a social mechanism because I'm not a neurologist. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but there's, um, there's a big part of just regular folks in their brains, neurology that is constantly, uh, it's, it's basically hardware. That, that learns how to operate socially on the environment that it's in and, and it programs its own software. And that kind of hardware and software is not accessible as much to the user, but a whole lot more neurological real estate is, is dedicated to intertwining everyday life and social interactions with physical regulations and chemical regulations and, and, and all these things. And they, they happen on a more background level uh, for neurotypical people. And as those are different, you get a ton of different types of neurotypical people. And it seems like with autism that that part is not there. And, and what happens and why, why autistic people are so unique is that whatever happens instead, the, the neurons still there are there and they still form and they're still adapting uniquely to their environment. And, um, and so that's the kind of, uh, you know, what happens between part and, and, and a social sort of instinctive ways that people interact with each other and the autistic brain, which is more like a, a unique simulator. So the interactions that, uh, well, much of the interactions that we have are, are very cognitively present in our brains. I've got to run up and spin up so much different programming to to monitor things and, and I have to really focus in on what what I'm trying to think of and, and what parameters I'm really trying to, to focus on. So it's um it's been a lot of fun. For one, it's very interesting and um I'm 
I'm eager to keep learning just about different people and, and their stories. Why is it necessary for both approaches to work together? Uh, well, I think that I think that historically speaking, the the genetic heritage of humanity includes both for a good reason. Um, you know, despite the challenges of that, that, that being autistic bring, uh, we are still here, and we we, we continue to, to pop up and. Um, I think that there are certain, there are always going to be certain things that a unique autistic brain that specializes in something and follows its own instincts is going to be able to do and see that is just amazing. And it's a different type. So being able to step outside of, you know, kind of the, uh, of, of things and see things from an outside perspective really is valuable to what's going on in the normal, everyday social um, life of whatever community that you're in. And uh, and at the same time, it's very important for autistic folks. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we have a lot of trouble doing. And there's much value in, you know, what I would refer to as a social mechanism and the way that, that it winnows social behavior and, and incorporates uh, ways to deal with productive and unproductive and, you know, valuable and invaluable um, things that people come up with and, and to integrate. And so it's like, it's like, a, it's like a car and a plane and we both are similar and we both have cooling systems and engines and, uh, you know, we, we operate in, in the same physics, but, but there's different uses and different purposes. And so I'd like to see more of you know, a future where cars and planes are both useful and they're, they're working together to, to accomplish the kind of things that we're trying to accomplish, whatever that is in, in our society or our community. If you had um, one wish granted, what would it be? To be thankful. To feel. Because I know I want to be thankful. I know I am thankful. But uh, out of all the things that happen and out of all the randomness and, and chaos and what's going to happen tomorrow and um, feeling thankful seems to be at the end of the day, the goal that I'm trying to achieve. Uh-huh. And what are your favorite stims? Uh, favorite stims for me are um, uh, listening to music and, and tapping, just going crazy with my hands and, uh, uh, you know, stuff that's been very personal to me stuff that it's, it's been kind of weird in the last year and a half to, to talk about and even try to show on a video or something this stuff um, the other thing for me is really enjoy going into my my mind cave you know just meditating what it is that I'm learning whatever it is that I've been thinking about uh, kind of going and just putting the universe back together in my head and um, whatever helps me do that I also love uh, flight simulators I've spent about 4,000 hours on Microsoft Flight Simulator. And for about the last four or five months, I've been playing around with uh, Orbiter 2016, which is a space flight simulator. And so I've been learning uh, how to navigate throughout the solar system, interplanetary. So I've been learning rocket science. It's been a ton of fun and very frustrating and rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. 
Uh, what patterns do you see in the space flight simulator that are patterns you see in humanity? Um, well, that's, you know, ultimately it's a pattern is, is a thing that, that I always play with, you know, I, I see chaos and order doing stuff and, and on a kind of big to large scale, I really enjoy looking at the, the ways that these simple patterns, um, flow through complexities, like a circle becoming a sphere, then becoming a bunch of spheres into a big sphere like the earth. And, um, so all these little iterations are things that, that express themselves in humans and in our behavior. And, uh, so I'm constantly, when I'm, when I'm doing space flight, I'm, I'm thinking about something else. If I'm doing, you know, uh, something socially, I'm thinking about this other thing. And with space flight, the patterns that I see really have to do with, um, visualizing scale and perspective. Um, you know, going from the ground and picturing what's around you for the around 10 miles and then having to get up and picture a hundred miles and then a thousand miles. And at some point I just switch right to the metric system and I'm in kilometers and, uh, really knowing how important it is to, to picture way ahead of time, all the different variables and understanding how little changes here are big changes later. And, um, it, it, it's so vast that being off a little bit in perspective can be the difference between being so close to the planet that you're going to crash into it, being right exactly where you need to be to enter the atmosphere, to accomplish your next goal, to, to survive this next challenge, um, and being literally, you know, a billion meters away from it and, and completely missing it. And so really being able to visualize the changing, the changes in scale and, and, uh, the, the importance of perspective. Uh, what would you change about the inner and outer world? Uh, my inner world, uh, the thing that I would change most would be probably my ability to regulate my emotions and, and how they interact with my body physically. Uh, there's a lot of pain that just comes from uh, not properly dealing with trauma and then having a lot of sensory issues that just are overstimulating you. And those, those two very much uh, play off each other. And then that wrecks with executive function which is just planning the next day or the next step. And uh, so th those are the two things that, one or two things that inside I would probably change. And outside, I, I, I wish that, I wish that people took more time to consider each other's perspectives and how different they are from even the fundamental things that we take for granted about what our, our realities are. So again, just, uh, you know, the empathy of perspective, imagining other people's perspectives, listening to other people tell you what their perspective looks like. Yeah, definitely. Um, why is diagnosis so hard to get? Uh, because I think it's because uh, autism is still hugely not understood 
even by the experts, you know, by us who are autistic. Um, you know, we can't identify a, a cause or a particular gene. And, um, you know, that's why I, I sort of am, am, am working with an idea of a social mechanism. Uh, but I would like to have the time to get to get with some actual professionals and discuss some more of that and do some more outreach. But doctors don't often understand, and, and autistic folks are really good at uh, at masking. We we instinctively learn how to mask our behaviors without even being told to mask your autistic behaviors. You know, I was I was depressed, or I was an alcoholic, or I remember when I was young, my mother used to say, uh, you know, I, you have Saint Vitus dance because of the way I was wiggling and, and moving too much. And I remember having to clamp down on that. And, uh, and so these just become what I, what I think is normal. I'm, I'm trying to emulate a particular pattern and we don't know what we're doing that. And, you know, when, when that, when, when you have so much that's inside of you that is normal and instinctual that you learn to squash, you, a lot of shame happens. Uh, you know, you, you want to withdraw, so you don't, maybe you don't express as much, but but a lot of it is just the the ignorance that goes on in, um, and I don't mean that in a nasty way, but the ignorance that happens in in the mental health field, which, I mean, autism is one thing that's going on. Like I have a lot of connection with the uh, with mental health in general. And um, I wish I had a better answer, but it's in general, it's that. It's no. hard to know because there's so much ignorance about the subject. No, that's that's perfectly fine. Thank you. Um, is it obvious sometimes thinking someone is autistic just by looking at them? Uh, never by glancing at them. Um, and I can't necessarily tell. I'm, I'm going I'm to look at that person are they autistic, but uh, by observing patterns of behaviors or ways of thinking, um, it can be it can become apparent. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it's just that uh, that somebody who is who is filtering their their input output with the world through a series of cognitive filters and rules. You know, that that leads to a different perspective, and that'll lead to to different types of interactions than a um, an instinctual social behavior. Um, do you believe the saying, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one per person with autism? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because they're yeah, all a lot of that comes from the unique. fact that, uh, what were you saying? Oh, just everybody's unique, I feel like. Yeah, and, you know, it's this, this idea of, like, if the, the neurology that's there in a neurotypical person that, that um, governs a lot of the social stuff, when... When it's not there, it malfunctions or it doesn't um, uh, it doesn't develop in, in a normal way. Then something else develops. And with the brain, that means random. And, and so the patterns just fill in uh, newly. And, and what I notice is that the brain is very good at doing this. When something is not there or something is, is different, um, you know, it's not always like it's this is the way a brain's supposed to be. It's this is the way a brain grows in the dynamic um, environment. And so all of those different ways, when, especially when an autistic person has the ability to develop into uh, who they, uh, can develop into. And again, it's so different because are, are you dealing with comorbidities like ADHD, which is very common, 
or OCD uh, or whatever it is. It, it may have a different way that it comes out. Do you know many other autistics? Not a ton. Um, I, I do know, uh, I've gotten to know um, through Instagram community, there's a pretty cool, pretty close-knit community of, of, of people that find each other through there. And um, there's a lot of people worth naming. Uh, two, two people in general that, um, that stick out are, are both black and white uh, lady photographers from Europe. Um, one is Miriam, and she is a odium pick on Instagram. Uh, she's just a, an incredibly cool, very smart, very emotionally deep photographer. And, and, and I love walking around Paris with, with her and, and, and looking at her stuff. And we, we talk back and forth. And, uh, you know, as much as she is very unique and different, you know, there are those, still those very autistic similarities. And uh, I can read some of the geometry in her photography like it's code, and, um, which kind of freaked her out. And Yeyasol uh, uh, is another from South Spain who was um, who's a lady who was like literally just went up to London to get a diagnosis. She's been having an incredible amount of difficulty in Spain getting a diagnosis. And, um, you know, this is a lady who knew she was different, uh, learned French and English, um, make, makes her living teaching it but in the last five years has decided i want to pick up the violin and the cello and so she is now able to play you know pieces by bach she is getting ready to five years later uh she's getting ready to do her final exams into an orchestra in spain oh wow and so much of this is just people who finally go okay i'm different i know i'm different uh you know it, it's a blessing to hear you're okay this is your normal yeah and when people can follow their instincts, they tend to, to go, okay, what do I like? What do I want to do? And then just that organic kind of um, talent and, and uniqueness floods in. And, uh, you know, those are two ladies that uh, they're both fantastic photographers as well. And um, those are two that come right to mind. Uh, you know, I have a lot of interactions with people casually online. And I grew up with a friend of mine who was a uh, was autistic but uh, he was misdiagnosed as uh, schizophrenic when he was younger oh, and had a, a lot of trouble mm-hmm. with the wrong medications getting put into him and uh huh. it's really nasty to watch and um i have some other friends that uh I, I don't think they're pathologically i don't think they have any problems with autism but i'm pretty sure they're autistic and i'm getting ready to have them take the rads and just do some i guess anecdotal research yeah do you have any close friends with autism um, not that I know of. One of my one of my good close buddies is an old friend of mine. Um, I'm beginning to think that that he may he may have some some autism plus ADHD style traits, which that's a very common archetype. Uh, autism plus ADHD kind of gets in there and pops out some of what the autism might cause you to be more internal and want to be more in your cave and more into your sensory comforts but you get very bored and the boredom is painful and so you jump out and you just kind of go nuts and you know the the more you can get into your um your fun or your zone the better and i think that those archetypes that's like a sherlock holmes or a gregory house um those type of what i think is an autistic and adhd and um i see some of my friends another friend of mine who was a truck driver as well who um 
I'm going to encourage them to take some tests. Yeah. Um, why do you like to study autism? I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested in myself. I'm interested in, uh, you know, some of the differences. It's so weird to, to, you know, grow into your 30s and and miss so much about yourself. Yeah. That, that really is a core part of your identity. Um, and so, you know, the interest in not just with autistic folks, but, uh, you know, studying autism for me is, is a lot more just about studying people. Uh, the more I understand about autism, the more I understand about everything else. Because it just seems to be a, a different way that the brain makes the mind. Um, why does it fascinate you? Uh, for much the same reasons about um, just experience in general. You know, something when I was probably five or six years old, I, I noticed that that people's perspectives are so different. I can just see that, that that person's world looks like this and that person's world looks like that and that person's looks like this and I can see how they interact. And um, from the very beginning, I'm, I'm curious about what does that mean? Okay, they're, they're the eyeballs, what's coming into them? And so, you know, pick up physics and, uh, um, you know, now I can kind of talk about quantum physics and particle physics and um, whichever because those are, those are fun and fascinating. But it turns out there's actually a, a word for what, for 30 years I have been doing and it's called phenomenology. That's the, um, it's, it's, it's the, the philosophical study of the nature of experience and consciousness. And so consciousness is really kind of my, um, my biggest special interest, which I'm not going to get into here because it'll be total info dumping. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I guess reason why is just getting into understanding some of the cooler parts about, about, being alive, yeah. experiencing what's happening. Huh, that's awesome. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at an autistic man on Instagram, which is an a n underscore autistic underscore man. And I do have uh, you. You can find in there a link, I think, to my photography page, which is uh, simple underscore somnus photography. And Somnus is S-O-M-N-U-S, the Roman god of sleep. Oh, Kindness cool. and gentleness to the gods. But, huh. uh, you know, and I, I do blogging and I do, um, I do photography. I haven't been doing a whole lot lately because I've just been really trying to grab hold of my every day. But, uh, you know, come on there. Everything's open. I love being able to shoot information around and um, get to know things. To get to watch people and see what their day looks like. It's a great place to come and share. Any advice you'd like to give other autistics? Follow your instincts. Really listen to your instincts. Uh, you know, and a lot of a lot of autistic people's instincts is to is to analyze and and to do their their feeling and their emotions sort of separate. And you know, uh, the more I learn about both autistic people and neurotypical people is we both have an incredible amount of trouble communicating with each other in between the types, but also, you know, neurotypicals have a lot of trouble communicating with each other. Autistic people have a lot of trouble communicating with each other. And, um, you know, it's, you have to be on your toes. 
You know, am I right? I don't know. A lot of times, I'm sure I'm not sure that I'm right, but I know I have to make this decision. And when I'm wrong, if I followed my instincts, most of the time I realize that I'm in a better place. And and when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, you know, when other people try to shape my life and I try to listen to so much other input that 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 goes against my instincts, that's when I've run into so much uh, problems and so much misery, really. Life is about experiencing it, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know what else to do but pay attention to it and f- trust your instincts. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, anything else you'd like to say before we close? Oh, uh, you know, I yes, I'm sure a ton. I'm, you know, eight to eighteen hours worth of stuff always is, is on the tip of my tongue. So I'm not sure that I'll add anything else, or that, that I'll just be more rambling. Oh, you're fine. That's, that's the pit I fall into, is I just I just start swinging through, uh, you know, the trees of knowledge. Uh-huh. In my... <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on our show. We appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure. I look forward to, uh, to, to being able to listen to more of it. I, uh, I've been so busy in the last couple of weeks, and uh, every time that I have gone to, to listen to some of it, I've, I've listened to a couple episodes, and I enjoy it. But you got two seasons out there, and if you've heard this one, you know, it is two seasons, right? Yeah, two seasons. Yep. Um, I, mean, I recommend getting on there and listen to it. It's a great show. Yeah, thank you I'll so much. I'll be listening much. to more of them. Thank you. And I just really appreciate having you on here and um, you know what you guys do. Keep it up. Well, thank you. That's it for this episode. Until next time.